Welcome to the Deliciously Alive podcast, where we explore what's possible when we allow ourselves the full human experience. My name is Sarah Campbell, and I'm your host. Each week, my guests and I will be sharing real and actionable insights on how to tap into your desires, feel truly alive, adventurous, and inspired to take action. I believe to my core that a vibrant, radiant, delicious life is possible for you. So pull up a comfy seat or join me on your favorite walk and we'll take this wild, messy, brilliant journey to living a life that lights us up together. Welcome back. I'm so excited to be here today and so excited to have with me an incredible guest who I will share a little bit about um, right now. And then also we're going to kick into a really cool topic, which I am also equally excited to talk about. So Jamie with me here today is a chartered professional accountant, a CPA, and the founder of Chill Books. She educates entrepreneurs about the basics of bookkeeping and tax, helping them take charge of their finances and find clarity and confidence they crave in their business. Jamie also mentors accounting professionals to grow their accounting or their bookkeeping businesses using the power of education with the Chill Books Certification Program. Jamie, yay, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Me too. Oh my gosh. So a little um, update, or not update, but a little intro into this, Jamie and I actually met because I was looking for help with my own business bookkeeping and we hit it off right away. And I am so forever grateful for the work that we did together. And so we just stayed in touch and she went through some business changes for her own business. And so I thought it was the perfect topic to talk about and bring her on because I know you went through some restructuring in your business this year. And I think about in times in life where a reinvention is due, but it's super scary, super uncomfortable, and it applies to business and personal. But how did you know that you were ready for an evolution for yourself and your business? Oh my gosh, such a good question. So in, in the business that I'm in, I'm, I'm a service-based entrepreneur. So, you know, I'm very much about you know, selling, selling my services is really me showing up as myself rather than, you know, presenting a product. And like, and I think that when, when you are a service-based entrepreneur, there's a lot, there's a certain energy that goes into selling (laughs) when it's you who you are selling essentially. And so I think the first telltale sign for me was really how I, my energy in my, in, in my selling process was shifting and I was fighting it a little bit because if you know me, I love to sell. Selling is like, I just have so much fun with it. So, so the joy was starting to, to wane a little bit. And that was probably a first little hint that, that maybe I wanted to be selling something different or selling differently. Um, and it was so clear to me as well that I was craving craving a change in my leadership as well. Like in the things that I was talking about in the people I was talking to and what I was talking to them about. And I just felt like there was so much I'd created that I wanted to share that I wasn't able to share in like the confines of my current business model. So yeah. And I think one more point, which I think a lot of people might, I don't know, you tell me if you, if this resonates with you, but that 
that I started to play this like justification game with myself where <laughs> yeah <laughs> right you're just like like I'm just begging telling myself like you literally spent five years building the best business model ever like this is the best like like you know and it's just like mm-hmm. stop being spoiled and stop wanting to change things and I started to try to fight myself on it. And then that like, you know, that was very clear telltale sign as well that I was trying to lie to myself. (laughs) Mm, That's so interesting. And so good that you have the self-awareness to pick up on that because Mm. I think a lot of people it's, it's so interesting. It's like, and I think, especially with ambitious people, I know that resonates with me a lot too. It's like you, you're like, I have all these ideas. I want to do this and that. And you kind of notice yourself wanting more, but you're like, but I should be happy. Like, look at what I've built. Like who, who are you to go further? Why are you like going to sabotage yourself now? And you're like, am I sabotaging myself or is this an opportunity to level up? And it's kind of a confusing time internally because you're trying to make just justify or make right with yourself on what it is your decision is. And it's hard to know. So when it comes, but I loved what you said about um, knowing. So that was really interesting to me because what my takeaway from what you said is you knew that selling was something that you loved and that it lit you up. And so it's interesting because I was thinking, okay, that's a good red flag to notice if, if there's something that does light you up something that energizes you and it's not feeling the same. It's not feeling as energizing. That's an interesting red flag trigger. And it may not apply to sales for different people. It could be different things, but paying attention to that thing that lights you up and noticing your energy around that specific thing is a really good red flag. Oh, I love that. So well put. Okay. I'm like, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> More concise, but it's true. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. And I mean, it's so true that our energy, the energy that we bring to something makes such an impact. It's so funny because um, I've worked in the back end of a lot of bis- businesses. And sometimes when you look at what the best opportunity is and it feel the energy that the best, I'm saying this in air quotes, the best opportunity is not always the best opportunity if the energy isn't there. If it doesn't energize the person that's actually going to have to take the action to do it because, you know, I've come in and looked and I'm like, okay, this is like low hanging fruit. This is a great opportunity. Let's move forward with this. But if the person who's going through the process is fighting it internally the whole time. So if you continue to try and sell, you're kind of creating like this block in your momentum because it's, the energy that you brought to the table, that life that naturally attracts people. In. And I know you have that because every time, like when I first came across you, I was like, oh my God, give me all the things. What can I, I'm just like, buy all the things from her. She's so cool. But like you brought that energy. And when that energy's not there, the momentum that you have or had doesn't, doesn't stay. So sometimes anyways, it's but that's hard. really cool. It's hard to force it. Right. Like, yeah. And that's not, and I think, you, you know, we're very similar in the sense that we're, we're building, building our businesses and creating for our joyness and like to join us, is that a word, but for our joy, <laughs> it is to today. Like, yes, it is today, but like for our joy <laughs> and to, and to feel alive, right? Like we're creating yeah. these businesses because we want to be excited and be lit up around what we're doing. I mean, if I, if, if I was just doing it 
for the money and to, to then I would have actually, I would still have a tax practice. That's what I would yeah. do because getting tax clients was easy for me. And, but I didn't want to be slogging through things that I didn't want to do. So that's mm-hmm. why I have to listen to the, the, the calls for the evolution and the change, even though sometimes they irritate me. Myself irritates me with it. Just calm yeah. down, enjoy what you've created. Like what? Oh my God. <laughs> the struggle is real. I totally, totally resonate with that. Oh my God. Sometimes I just shake my head. So a lot of ambitious people that I know anyways, and I feel this in myself have a ton of ideas. Like I, it's so funny. I went through a reinvention personally and for myself this last year, and that's where this podcast was born from. But it's like you have a ton of ideas, all these opportunities. And I think the beauty of being ambitious is you can see possibility where sometimes people don't have that and it's, they want to do something, but they can't see the possibility, but the trick is picking something and committing to it. <laughs> when you have all these ideas, how did you, cause I imagine when you were like, okay, I want something that's going to energize me. I know something's, I, I know I want to do something different. Did you have different ideas and did you have to like somehow bring it back to being like, okay, this is what I'm going to do? Yes. I have lots of ideas all the time, right? I have lots of ideas, lots of things that I think would be exciting. Like even in my mind, I've had a retreat on my mind for a very long time, but that hasn't happened yet. And I think, um, I, so funny enough, I went to a retreat by you, you probably know her. Cause I feel like you follow the life coach school, Carl Lowenthal. Yeah. So, yeah. So Carl Lowenthal, I went to one of her retreats and I remember us sitting at a table and she was getting us to come up with our big goal that we were going to be, that was going to be our focus for the next few months. And so she had us write out all of our different ideas of what we want to do, personal and business. And I think this is really helpful in both. And she said, well, and now you have to only pick one that you're going to focus on. (laughs) And all of us at the table were like, screw you, (laughs) right? Right. I can do all of these things. Like, what the hell? And, um, and so, and I remember her saying, you got 60 seconds. That's it. That's how long it takes to make a decision. So Mm -hmm. make the decision and move on. And I still use that. I still think of that in my mind. Like when I'm, when I'm struggling to make a decision on what to focus on, I give myself a time limit because most of the time we know what like if we are forced to choose, we will choose. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, if we have the time limit, we have to. And something that I think helps even more in deciding what to focus on is removing the, the money. So mm. when with business, we, you know, coming back to kind of what you were saying too, like the low hanging fruit, the easy way to make money is not always what's going to light us up and make us excited. And so Um, that's a place where we often lie to ourselves where I could do project A, project B or project C. Project B, I know is going to make me more money. Project A, I'm more excited about. And so, and, and when our, when we tell ourselves that we know we're going to be able to make more money from project B versus project A, we don't know. (laughs) That's the thing. We actually do not know. So, uh, so that's why I think it's, it's also helpful to remove the dollar sign, um, from all of your ideas and, Mm -hmm. and then to, to just get curious of which one you're gravitating towards. And at that point, then 
then you can work on strategizing how the money will follow. Mm-hmm. There, it's a balance. Of course, you need to have you need to have a certain level of income and we need to do things that maybe we don't want to do all the time because that's what life is um, in order to pay the bills. But I find that that is really helpful exercise in deciding where to, where to focus next. I love that. I hadn't, it's so funny, actually bringing it back to life coach school for a second. I actually went through this reinvention process with Brooke Casillo. So that's where this podcast was born from was an experience with her and, um, yeah, absolutely. Just her work has shaped my life and shaped this podcast and my mindset, my perspective so much. Um, and she hadn't done that 60 seconds thing, but that is so good because I think, especially women, I don't know, I'm gonna have to ask my husband or something or some other buddy, you know, men in my life, but for women, I think we at least for me anyways, when I made a decision, because my reinvention process was around legacy and contribution. And so I was looking at how do I, how do I do that? How do I show up and create the legacy that I want to do? Um, and when this podcast, I wrote down all these ideas, I'm like, I got this idea, this idea, this idea, this idea. And when I wrote down the podcast and this concept that I, I literally felt it in my body. And I don't know if that's an experience for you as well. Like when you were forced with that, you have a minute or 30 seconds or whatever to choose. For me, I had like this really intense emotional reaction and I'm not an overly, I would say I'm less emotional than your average female, but I had this intense body reaction where I was like, that is it. Did you find that as well when you were? I I did not. I'm kind of jealous. (laughs) No, I I definitely, I, I feel like I'm similar to you in the emotion side. Yeah. So that was very out of the norm for me. So I think that was like, I was like, whoa, I must be like channeling my inner feminine energy or something (laughs) because I was like, again, I'm like, I joke that I'm the the man in the woman's body and my husband is so (laughs) he's so in tune with his emotions. I'm like, where did you come from? I don't even know. I think I felt that feeling in my body when I, like when I made the decision. So maybe it is a, actually something that was kind of my tipping point for changing things up this past few months was getting on a call with my mentor and like our mastermind group and you know, when, when somebody, when you have people in your life that you can't lie to, right. Like, you (laughs) know, right. Like, it's like, I can lie to myself, but like, Mm -hmm. I can't because I was in that, in that rumination area where I was, you know, justifying my current business model and being like, we can just keep going business as usual. Like, look at this amazing thing I've created. Why question it? And then I got on a call with them. And I just remember like, my camera going on and me going to give an update. And it was like, yeah, we're going to change things around. We're not going to do another launch like this anymore. And it was just so, and it felt like this, this energy just like coming out of my body. Yeah. So I could say Mm. that that was maybe that moment for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense because you have like this certainty you get, you do get to a point, at least in my experience that you have to make a decision. You have to like, you have to just be like, Hey, I'm, I'm been back and forth. I'm wishy-washy. I need to make a a decision. And so it sounds to me like that, that was that moment. And isn't that the, that's such a good point because I think, 
um, the, the degree to which you can have those people around you that not that they're going to call you all the time, but on your shit, but like the people that are going to recognize in you or pull that out of you is so important because I think Mm -hmm. you can lie to yourself. You can be like, why would I change anything right now? And it's easy to go down that path of convenience because things have worked. But that in my experience is when you do that, then you eventually get to this block where you're like, okay, things are absolutely not working. And I should have probably seen it sooner, but I just didn't listen to myself. And the degree to which you can surround yourself with people that maybe they're ambitious too, or they get you, or they, they get what you're going for and they can be like, but really, but really, you know what I mean? And, and then you can, then it, it, opens that conversation for you to be like, oh, you got me. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. Gonna do it. It's and then so the accountability good. comes into play, right? It's like, yeah. okay, the cat's out of the bag. I spoke it into the world. So now it's time to move. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. So for you, especially when you are, you've got your business that's working great. And then you have this new ambitious way of doing things. How do you, or how have you found at least, cause I know you've kind of, you've already started into, you know, you're educating the, the accountants and the bookkeeping businesses. How do you keep one thing going that's working in order to pay the bills, keep the revenue, whatever you need. And then how do you insert something new and evolve while still maintaining that profitability on the thing that's been working Mm -hmm. or what's your experience been? Has it, or maybe it hasn't, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, no. Okay. So I'm like, I'm a bit of a a risk taker sometimes, maybe too much. Me too. (laughs) You too. Okay. You jump, I jump. So I like to jump. Um, but I will say that the jump, I think that jump with enough evidence, Right. So we have the evidence, obviously we know inside we want to do something. Mm-hmm. And so we have the internal, like, I want to do something. I can see it. I, I know I, what I want it to look like. And I know, you know, how I want the money to flow in. Uh, but we do really need external confirmation that, that this could work. I think that is the key in the jump. It's like, don't jump without having proof of concept. Right. <laughs> but I think in in how much proof of concept you need versus and jumping, that's where people kind of uh, would differ, uh, might differ in their styles. So like for me, what's really important, like I'm a CPA, I'm a money gal. Like I, what's important to me is that I have, you know, emergency fund savings to pay mm-hmm. my, you know, to pay my bills. I have uh, recurring revenue for things that I have already sold and fulfilled. So those help provide me with a safety net when I do jump. Um, but I'll give you a good example of, of a time that I did, like just so we can have like a concrete idea of, of what it looked like. So when when I first started my business, I, I built a tax practice. I was doing tax filing and that was very easy for me to get clients for that people you know it's a necessary evil doing our taxes so you know you're just like booked up a booked up tax practice in no time did not want to do that but I was that's where a lot of accountants make their money is during tax season and 
when I realized after working with clients through tax season, that's where I came up with the idea for chill books. Cause I realized is what people don't need is a uh, like overly communicated account, communicative accountant at tax season. What they need is education to run their business through the year financially from a financial standpoint and have bookkeeping. So that's, I was like, okay, I see the problem. I know people need it. Um, I'm talking to people about it. I'm basically providing the service already in the form of like consulting. Um, and so what I did was the next tax season, instead of dropping all of my tax clients to go full on, cause that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to just be like, <laughs> we ain't doing tax season this year, sign up for chill books. And that's it. Um, I, I increased my prices and was like, okay, I'm going to increase my prices so that a, I'm a little bit more excited to do the filing. Cause I'm getting paid mm -hmm. better to do it. And B, it's going to reduce the amount of returns because you're going to have people dropping off when you increase your prices. So that was mm. kind of my like messy middle where it's like, okay, we're going to get paid a little bit more to do something that we're not as excited to do anymore. And we're going to deal with the natural drop off to create more space for chill books. And then the following tax season, I had built up enough people enrolling in chill books that I was able to say, okay, this is it. We're doing it. And I let go of all my tax clients. Um, so, you know, it was a gradual drop off, even though when I did say no more tax season, it was terrifying because it, it's like a really high revenue generating mm -hmm. activity for accountants. But I knew that, that in order to grow chill books, I had to be available for people at tax time to start making better habits. So, yeah. So mm. gradual ish. Mm -hmm. I love that. And that's, that's a cool way that you did it for yourself too, because you, you basically tuned into what you needed as far as you knew that you were adding friction with the price increase, like basic mm -hmm. economics, but you were able to, um, still have a little bit coming in and it gave you the space, the time and the space, but also the revenue. So that's awesome. That's like, that's a great way of making the transition. It's interesting too, because I think um, it is so easy to get caught up in what's certain or certain, you know, like it's a necessary evil to do your own evil. It's a good thing uh, <laughs> to know, do your taxes. You know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very fortunate to have to do my taxes because it means I'm making money, but it is Love one it. of those things that you never really want to do. I just yeah. prepped for my taxes last this last week and I was like, oh. <laughs> But it is one of those things, right? And it's, um, but the available or the the feeling of having it be a certain thing for you is so easy to stay in because of that certainty, we'll call it, like certain with yeah. air quotes, like, I mean, whatever, but um, the certainty. So it does take a certain degree of confidence, even to make a gradual change because you were stepping into something you thought was, you, you saw the need for, but you didn't necessarily have proof, proof of concept specifically yet. No. So it, it's nice that you were able to do, make the change in that sense as a transition or a transitionary year or whatever. Did you mm. find either with that experience or the recent experience or any other reinvention process that you've gone through? Um, because the thing is, is that there's so much of our success that hinges on, and we'll go back to the life coach school, our thoughts and our beliefs. Yes. When you had any of these moments, did you feel like 
in my experience anyways, there's a new set of beliefs that you have to adopt in order to move into next level you or next level Jamie, whatever. And on the, on the other hand, there's the new beliefs you have to adopt. And then there's the new, the beliefs you have to kind of deconstruct and say, do I actually believe this? Because is this possibly something I've just decided to believe that's holding me back from the next step? Did you have to, or did you experience that you had to adopt new beliefs or get rid of some old beliefs when you did any of these? Oh my gosh. Like you wouldn't imagine. I mean, like... <laughs> yeah. It's painful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, first of all, the belief that ta- that accountants only make money during tax season, like, yeah. and that's what any accountant will tell you, right? Like that's yep. when you make your money. You don't take vacation. This is the only way to do it. No. Oh, like no one's going, no one's going to pay you for that. I've had like, you know, also the, the beliefs that kind of get get passed on to you from people around mm. you. I'll mm-hmm. never forget when I when I closed my tax practice, multiple people around me who I love and respect were telling me like pretty much you're an idiot. Yeah, you're leaving you're crazy. You're leaving, you're leaving money on the table. You're literally mm-hmm. leaving money on the table. Like hire mm-hmm. somebody and get them to do the tax work and keep pulling that money in. And mm-hmm. Like that belief, you're leaving money on the table, that, that really like hearing people say that I did internalize that for a while. And I had to, I had to really like fight it almost and, and, and shift it in a way like to, to believe that I can create a sustainable business, like sustainable in the sense of for my energy and for my Mm -hmm. income, um, without without relying on tax season or building a tax practice as an accountant. And so that was probably one of the most challenging ones in when when I was shifting out of having my tax practice and something that you know it helps to helps to imagine multiple scenarios and to show yourself that things can like to show yourself actual possible scenarios that could happen and not Mm -hmm. to say this is exactly like, this is how I'm going to make X amount of money because we can't really control that. We can plan and try and and shoot for that. But I think even seeing different iterations of how you can, how I could get to the income level that I wanted and, um, and also just dropping, dropping that, uh, what would be the word I'm looking for here? Like just dropping the idea that, that leaving money on a table is a thing because it's not right. Right. (laughs) Like that's not a thing. Okay. Like that was just something that needed to just be dropped because if you're in business and you are, if you have that thought running through your head, it's Mm -hmm. like impossible to execute on anything. Because totally. when you're doing one thing, then you're leaving money on the table somewhere else. Like yeah. it's like opportunity cost or something. Like you know what I mean? Like yes. Like you just can't. You can't operate with that because yes. Yeah. No. So that was something that had to just go um, completely, and and I think something that a lot of people experience too when they're shifting what they're selling or their business model is is just battling with the fear like what if nobody buys what if nobody shows up because I have this proven way of making money so for my most recent 
change where I, I moved, I shifted to providing mentorship and support for accountants who also want to run their own cohorts of chill books. And like, I had to think, you know, there might, like, there might not be an accountant out there that wants to do this. Like what, what happens if that's the case? Like, mm. <laughs> you know, so, so and how'd you reconcile that with yourself? Oh my gosh. So there's a lot of, I, I would say, I like to practice believing the money is coming, mm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. just like repeating the money is coming because it always has. Totally. And even if you have a month and this, you know, this is something to think about because we have bad months, bad quarters, bad years financially. And that is not evidence that the money is not coming. It's mm-hmm. just normal checkpoints, data points of running a business. And so the money is coming. Um, and then also this is something kind of very personal, but like, just like to my family. And and the thing is, is that my, my grandmother, she immigrated to Canada with her husband and three kids and one baby in her belly. That was my father is my father. I don't know why I said why it was. And um, <laughs> it was him at the time. And he's still. And so still with us. <laughs> um, as soon as as soon as she moved to Canada, she didn't speak English, you know, all that jazz. And, uh, and my grandfather passed away. And so she was here in Canada, raising three children with one child on the way, not speaking the language, and having to make ends meet. And, and my, and when I think about her, I'm like, you're, I'm like, I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. You can. (laughs) Cause I'm like, you're a fucking Monty. Like you got that shit in your blood. You Mm -hmm. will make the money work. If nobody buys, you will make it work. Mm. And knowing that I will always have that resilience and that resilience is like in me, it's in my blood. Like my parents too, you know, my, my dad's an entrepreneur as well. Like it's just, yeah. So that's something that, that I like to, to come home to. Yeah. Mm, I love that. That just gave me chills when you said that, because it is, it's that when you believe in your ability to do anything that you set your mind to Mm -hmm. literally, it's not a matter of there's, you're leaving money on the table, like you said, and it's like, you're, there's opportunity cost every turn and everything you look at because there is so much possibility because you have instated in yourself a degree of confidence that you don't need to know how you don't need to know when you don't know like you don't need to know you just need to know what it is you're shooting for and you you have you know you already have it in the bag and I think when I started to develop that confidence in myself and that's something that you develop over time but when I started to recognize that in myself, I was like, I can do anything. Like I could, I don't know, like I could just you know, start up whatever, whatever I wanted. I could do whatever I wanted. And I think that ability, and I think with, with families that have immigrated, especially like I have a, lo- a lot of friends who have their, most of them born in Canada, but their parents immigrated or their grandparents. And I think there's a certain tenacity that you grow up, that story is in your family. And that's such an amazing thing to grow up with because there is, there's a lot of pressure. I think when you are the children of immigrants, because 
the, you see the things, the work that they put in and, you know, you're, you're, but also there's that tenacity that you have instilled in your life from the get-go or from a young age, usually that you develop that confidence. I think earlier than maybe some who, you know, they've just all they've known is being afforded the luxury of speaking English of, uh, you know, growing up with healthcare that they could just go have for free. I mean, we're both Canadians, so we Mm -hmm. are so, so, so blessed in that. Um, but that's such an amazing thing to have that. So when it comes to confidence, my experience, anyways, people talk about when people, they can't see the possibility for themselves. They have like, I've in conversations that I've had, they're like, Oh, I want to do X, Y, Z, but I don't know if I can make it work or if it'll happen for me or whatever. I feel like I need more confidence first, mm. but my experience is the way I've built confidence is <laughs> trying something, even when I don't know how to do it knees knocking the whole time, feel like I'm going to throw up. You know what I mean? I'm just like, Oh, okay. I'm really awkward. And I keep using the podcast as an example, but you think that I felt comfortable or confident the first couple episodes? No, I did not. I didn't even know how to set up my microphone. Like, (laughs) but (laughs) one awkward step at a time. What's your, like, is that some, is that the way you've experienced building confidence or what other ways? Oh my gosh, Sarah, seriously, I am like a hundred percent with you on this one. And like, I am like the queen of taking action before you're ready, because that is exactly what happens. It's like, you have to, and it doesn't have to be big action, right? Like it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's just doing something to build that confidence. And then as you do every little thing, you start to build the, um, you start to build the belief and the, and the confidence because you're like, okay, I can see, I could see more. Um, mm-hmm. and some, something that happened when I, when I first launched the licensee program, I like when I first decided, actually, that's the thing I didn't launch mm-hmm. it. I, when I first decided and it was not on my website and I had not spoken to anybody about it. And, but it was a decision. The thing about me is when I decide I move, like I'm not, Mm. that's, but that's just my natural state of being. I don't know if it has to do with me being an accountant or not, but we just, (laughs) where they're like, work hard, no time to think and no time to feel your emotions. Just get to work. Right. (laughs) It's like, get her done. We do numbers. (laughs) Right. Like, work full time and then study after work because that's what a CPA does. So, you know, you just kind of like, I guess I'm lucky to have that training, I guess. But, but when I first, when I decided that I was going to start licensing other accountants to use chill books in their practice, uh, like the next day I was filming some content for YouTube and I just in my normal way of doing my monthly videos. And at that point it was, a video on five, five lessons from five years in business. And Mm -hmm. in that video, I simply said, you know, if you've made it this far in this video and you're looking for, to work with a mentor in the accounting space, send me a message. And that was like the small little step Mm -hmm. of speaking it into existence. I didn't do this crazy video about this is why you want to be a licensee and, and be mentored by me. It was like, just shoot me a message. And somebody responded 
and and we met and we had we had some chats and already like that was the, that was the confidence like it was like the boost of okay the interest is there like you're not making this stuff up you know like and mm-hmm. so yeah so i i it, like but it's it's matching like that internal confidence with with that external action Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that because confidence really is developed by taking the step and doing the thing. That's the only way I've experienced. So when it comes to, so this is an interesting thing too, because I think a lot of people get tripped up on trying something new and feeling like it's kind of the grass is greener kind of thing where they're looking and they're like, I want to do that because the grass is greener over there. But I think they get tripped up because they're like, what if I don't stay motivated? What if, what if I can't keep up the, the, the internal motivation? And I think for me, when I've tried something new, I think what has helped me be successful in the things that I've done is recognizing that I'm not always going to be motivated. Mm. I'm not always going to, and you said it earlier, like you're not, there's just like some things you're going to have to do that you don't want to do. and the difference in the reinvention process specifically in shifting your mindset to being passionate about something, being motivated and switching that to moving with commitment and dedication. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the longevity or the success that hinges that reinvention hinges on and being able to do something new and actually follow through with it, make it more than a month long project is shifting that attitude. Would you say the same for you? Yes. And, and within the commitment, like reminding yourself why the, the mm. why. Yes. So good. Uh, yeah. Cause I mean, like if someone were to say, you don't need to ever work again or do anything ever again, I'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Perfect. Cause like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not naturally just somebody who wants to work and commit to my work all the time. I love yeah. what I do, but I, I would say my natural state is to not do anything. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, the, it, it's, it's uh yeah, I think that, that we, you know, we have to recognize that we're not always going to feel motivated and we have to tie, tie our uh, commitment to good reason as to why we do things or things that that make us feel alive remind ourselves of that you know like if I'm if I'm lazy to get on a call remind myself that once I get on the call I really love these calls or you know like it's Mm -hmm. even just reminding yourself of the things that you enjoy because I think sometimes we if we just live in our brain and don't take action um, then we forget that we actually do like doing things. It's just our brain totally. trying to keep us safe. And not- yeah. It's like, you can just chill. You can just have a nap. <laughs> yes. You're good. Yes. So, so yes, it's, I think what you mentioned, like recognizing that we're, we're not always going to feel inspired mm-hmm. and excited to move forward. And, and also like a lot of the joy comes after you've pushed through that first mm. wave of excitement because you can't mm-hmm. imagine what's coming after that. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Like yes. The type of stuff I'm doing now with with my licensees, I'm like how freaking cool is this? And I didn't even realize it was going to be this cool because I could my mind had not been expanded to what this relationship and this piece of work could look like. 
But yes. if I would have just stayed in it for a month and been like, well, guess it's not working or I'm not feeling motivated. I might not like this idea anymore. Then I would have missed out on all the fun, cool shit that was to come. Totally. That is, I think we kind of convince ourselves that we think we know what's coming. Oh Yeah. And we're like, and we make our decision based on that. But if you have that ability to recognize that you don't even, I mean, even if you look back, I mean, history, you look back at your life and you look back at the things that you've done and there's no way, if you can recognize that there's no way you could have imagined what you're doing now, like I'm, I moved and I was like, okay, it's start a business or get a job. And I was like, okay, let's try this business thing. I could not imagine sitting here today. That wouldn't even cross my mind. Like I, I just, it so wouldn't cool. there's no, you just can't. And so if you can look back at your life and see that pattern where you take a chance, you, you know, you find the courage in yourself to take a chance and just knowing that you may not have something becomes a possibility when it becomes, when you can think it, you can, you can believe it. And so you may not have that possibility in your head. Now I may not have had the possibility of this podcast five years ago, but the action that I took five years ago brought me to the point where I could then explore that possibility. And so it is that taking action. It's like one step in the dark. It's like one step. You can't see me if you're listening to the podcast, but I've got my hands out. You know, it's like one step in the dark and you're like, yeah, I can see my next foot. Like I'm not going to fall off a cliff. And it really is like that. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. I think people get tripped up though, because they're like, oh, it shouldn't feel like that. But I just want everyone listening to know that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> every time. Every, every freaking time. Every time. Yeah. 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 So do you have any other things that, you know, if you're listening to this for anyone that's listening to this and they're like, I've had this, you know, desire to move. I see the red flags. I see me not showing up, showing up with the same energy, or I see that there's something that I'm aspiring to. And I'm kind of like, wishy-washy sitting on the fence. And I know now I've heard, I need to make a move. I need to make a decision. I need to commit. Motivation's not going to carry me, but there something, you know, more than I can ever imagine is possible as possible on the other end of just taking a step and taking action. Is there anything else that you've experienced or you, that you can give as thoughts to kind of pull that courage from within yourself and any last words of advice to stay sane in the process? <laughs> I guess I have two, two things. So one, if you're still pretending, <laughs> yeah. if you're still doing the song and dance, pretending with yourself that, that the way things are is how you want things. Um, know that if you, if you visit the place where you start to imagine, maybe journal, journal out wh- what you're feeling pulled towards or, or have a conversation with one of those people that you feel like, you know, they can see right through you. Um mm-hmm like know that that having that conversation with yourself or with someone else does not mean that you have to commit to making a change mm. just having the conversation and playing around and being open to what you have the ideas and the inspiration you have inside you doesn't mean that you're tied to doing anything so don't be scared to to dream to imagine and like that might be the step 
kind of like what Sarah was talking about in terms of the step to clarity. It's like even just thinking about it might not mean that you need to make a big change. You might just realize, oh, you know, the reason I don't like my sales process is because I don't like doing webinars. Let's change that. Like it might not Mm. actually be this big, scary thing. So, so don't be scared to have the real conversation with yourself and give yourself the safety of by, by telling yourself that you don't need to do anything other than explore. So Mm. that, that is one thing. And then the other thing, I think I just want to echo what Sarah was saying in, in the sense that it feels shaky. It's going to feel shaky. That doesn't mean that anything has gone wrong. Mm -hmm. And it fucking sucks sometimes. Like Mm -hmm. I have been (laughs) through periods of weeks and sometimes months where I just feel shaky in my business and in what I'm doing and I'm frustrated and I you know am you know saying the affirmations or doing the steps and 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 then at some point something just pops off and you're like this is why this was all this was all for this but yes. you can't get to this unless you go through the period of shakiness and frustration and and yeah it might be short for you might be a bit longer but 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 trust that if you keep going and keep taking action you will eventually get to where you want to go mhm I love that. I love that. There's so much beauty in the journey because we, you know, we're like, oh, we want the destination. I want the uh, thriving business with revenue coming in. I'm just relaxing. No, not really. But you know what I mean? Like, it's like you, you have the destination and then it's so easy to get hung up in those moments in between where you're like, I haven't made a sale. And does that mean that this isn't viable? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you just get stuck in this and you're like, okay, throw it all out. It's not working. And you don't realize that it is maybe just a different angle. Mm -hmm. And so having that why back to your point, I think is so, so important, but I love that. I love everything that you shared. So, so good. Oh, thank you. So good. Um, so tell for anyone who's listening and like I said, I kind of shared at the beginning that Jamie and I met because my bookkeeping, shame on me. (laughs) No shame on you. No shame on you. (laughs) Just using, but it was, uh, it was lacking. We will say, but, um, that was been, it was such a, a leveling up experience for me. And so that was such a blessing to work with you. And it really changed the course of my business, my mentality of like how I show up, how I prioritize, how I create intentionality with my finances. And so if anyone is listening and they want to, and they've loved this conversation, tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, learn all the things work with you. (laughs) Yes. All the things. So I like to hang out on Instagram. So connect with me on Instagram. Let me know that you listen to the podcast, like shoot me a message saying, hello, I would love to hear from you and check out chill books. She's going to put a link in the show notes to chill books. Chill books is exactly what she's talking about in terms of if you want to organize your numbers with intentionality and and really systemize your bookkeeping so that you can spend more time dreaming and <laughs> being inspired and getting yourself to the point of inspiration. So yes. yeah, bookkeeping is the financial, it really is the financial foundation to, to any business, whether you're just starting out as a freelancer or you've been in business for years. Um, that's, that is what, that is the foundation 
to a healthy business on the finance side of things. So, so check out chill books or check out a CEO day. If you want to just spend a day with me diving into your business from finances to marketing to reinvention. Love it. Oh my gosh, Jamie, thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Deliciously Alive podcast with me today. We hope it brought value to you and created a bit of inspiration and encouragement that will move you into action. For more, you can head on over to deliciouslyalive.com forward slash guide to get our free resource guide that will show you actionable ways to live an incredible life, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone you know who would love it too or leave a rating and review. It means the world to us and gives us feedback on what to do more of. That's all for this episode. So till next time, stay curious, be brave, and take inspired action toward that delicious life meant especially for you.